Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women running for office, from school board to senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Cindy Lavender Bow, who is running for state house in West Virginia. I loved talking to Cindy. She is thoughtful and determined and really wants all the people of West Virginia represented. She said many times that she's a regular person, and I think that's what's so exciting about this election cycle. So many people have stepped up and said, I'm not special, but I can do this. And for those of us who aren't running for office, this is our time to shine. Early voting has opened in many states, and the numbers coming in are outrageous. Some early voting locations are experiencing record wait times, but people aren't letting that deter them. Forecasters are saying that this might be the highest voter turnout ever for a midterm election. But here's the thing, even if that's true, they're still estimating a national turnout rate of 45 to 55 percent. 45 to 55 percent would be record-breaking. That's terrible! (laughs) So I looked it up, and the current record-holding year is 1966, when 49 percent of the country's eligible voters cast ballots in a midterm election. Now, it's simply incredible that our country would celebrate a 50 percent voter turnout as record-breaking. So what do we do? Well, we get out and vote. We get our friends out to vote. We tell our families that there is no excuse to not vote. And then you load up everyone you know in the car and drive them to the polls. But bring a book because hopefully you'll be there a while. I was doing research about you and was all on your website. And I watched this video you have, like talking about you and your history and how... There's only been one half of the story of West Virginia being told. And I think that's brilliant. How did you come up with that? Well, you know, um, this is my first time running for anything. I wasn't even the kid who ran for class president in junior high school. So it's, it's really all been a brand new experience to me, but I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have, um, some close friends who, um, actually the folks that made the video for me, we just sat down and um, talked and I said, you know, this is who I am. And I want to get this message out to, um, all of West Virginia and they helped me to craft that and I was uh, I have to admit the first time I saw the the completed video I um I cried uh, because they they did such a fantastic job I think of um telling my story because it's so similar to the story of so many West Virginians yeah it's really good well thank you okay so I want to get you introduced so who are you and for what are you running? I'm Cindy Lavender Bow, and I'm running for the West Virginia House of Delegates in District 42, and that covers a three-county area, Greenbrier, Monroe, and Summers County. We're in the south um, eastern corner of the state. Is it just beautiful there? It's it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it is it is for sure one of the most beautiful places um, in the country. Definitely the most beautiful area in the state. And why did you decide to run? Well, um, I decided to run because I felt like West Virginians were not being represented in our state legislature. Our state legislature has like a long history, I think, um, from both parties um, of being just kind of an old boys club where the men in office seem to always be putting their best interests 
first, and that's not necessarily in alignment with the best interests of the regular people in West Virginia. And feeling like I am a regular, everyday West Virginian, and my experiences in my 48 years um, being on this planet and being spending all that time in West Virginia, that um, I wanted to be a voice for people like me. Why did you decide to run for this office rather than something more local or even more national? I chose this office um, because there was going to be an open seat. Um, there had there are two seats. It's a multi-member district, and t those two seats had been held by um, two Republican men, and um, one of those seats was overturned in 2016 by a Democrat, a local um, pastor. And, you know, 2016 wasn't a great year, um, you know, for performance nationwide, especially in our state, for Democrats. So I, that kind of signaled to me that, okay, maybe people in this area are looking for a different voice. And the actually the Democratic um, incumbent, decided to um, move up and he's running for a state Senate seat. So his seat was open and um, the Republican incumbent decided to move up and run against him in that same Senate race. So there are two open seats in this race. So it seemed to me like here's an opportunity because there is no incumbent as, as a good way to jump into a first time campaign. Have you always been political? Yeah, I've, I've always been political. Um, my background is I was um, a teacher for about a decade um, in the late 90s, and I think the last year I taught was 2002. And I was a social studies teacher, and primarily what I taught was civics to high school seniors. So I spent about a decade doing that as a young person. And I'd always been really um, aware politically because of my family. I come from a family of... UMWA coal miners, and you know the labor union has a really strong history in our state, and along with that labor movement um, goes political activism. So it's always been something that's been um, part of my DNA, I believe. So what has the process of running been like for you so far? Well. Um, it was really scary even just filing the papers and, and putting my name out there and letting people know that um, this was something I wanted to do because you don't know how it's going to be received. I, I was, I've been blown away from that very first day of that information be, being public to through the primary process and even the last several months of the, the general cycle. I have been overwhelmed by how um, positively my campaign and me running has been received. I've also been really fortunate that what I felt about West Virginia was not a unique idea. And there are over 20 Democratic women, most of them first-time candidates, running for similar seats across the state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, we have 134 seats in the West Virginia State Legislature. Only 18 of those seats are filled by women, and only two of those 18 are Democratic women. And I think that myself, along with a lot of the um, friends that I've made 
who are also running, we all had the same kind of feeling inside that our interests aren't being heard. The interest of, of teachers, of mothers, of small business owners, of the working poor in West Virginia. And so in stepping out there, I was pleasantly surprised to see, oh, wow, I'm not alone. And so I've, we formed this kind of informal group and we call ourselves the Mountain Mamas. <laughs> <laughs> and what we share, there's really only two things that we said that, you know, in aligning ourselves as a group, we wanted to be for the people of West Virginia. And we are against an, a ballot um, initiative called Amendment 1, a statewide ballot initiative that's on the that's going to be in the ballot on the ballot in November that has to do with abortion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just to speak very briefly about that amendment, it's going to add 17 words to our state constitution that says um, there is no right guaranteed to an abortion or to the funding of abortions mm -hmm. by, by this constitution. So that means there's no exceptions. There's no exceptions for um, the health of the mother. There's no exceptions for rape or incest. So some of these women that we've, that we um, collectively call ourselves mountain mamas consider themselves pro-life, but everybody in this group, whether they're pro-life or pro-choice, believes that this um, amendment is to um, the detriment of mothers and children in our state. That's really interesting. Yeah. So as a country, we've always heard West Virginia is a one issue voting state and that issue is coal. Right. What are you seeing? Like, what are people concerned about when you're knocking on doors, when you're talking to your community? Is it just everything coal? It's not. There's there's actually very little coal um, industry in the in my district. And there's actually very little coal, very few, much fewer, I should say, coal jobs in the entire state than you than what the national media portrays. What people here are concerned about um, is how to make it easier to to thrive and to succeed in West Virginia. Our population is heavily um, senior citizens, and for decades not just in the, in the recent years, but for decades, we have had a population loss in this state. The young people are probably our greatest export. They leave the state because they have to go somewhere else they feel to be successful, to find a job that's gonna support them in the way that they, they need to be able to raise a family. And that is one of the number one things that people say. Almost everybody you talk to, their children or their, or their grandchildren are someplace else. And West Virginians, it's something, again, that's probably on a cellular level. We love being from West Virginia. We love our home. And everybody that has to leave to go somewhere else to be successful longs for the day that they can come back home, whether it's in retirement or maybe something will change in the industry in which they're employed and they could come back home. So that's really, I think, the number one thing that we hear. Um, secondly, um, is the drug epidemic in our state. Everybody from the northern panhandle to the, to the most southern coal field areas, um, and no matter what your economic 
status has been impacted by this drug crisis. Um, we do have a long history of coal, but we also have a history of, you know, before coal, it was our timber that outside corporations and millionaires, to be completely honest, came in and took from our state. And then it was coal. And they leave behind um, really devastation in what they've done to the land. And when they've taken everything that they need out of an area, be that coal, timber, or gas, and leaving behind um, unemployment. And so I think that people are really starting to realize that we can't have another generation that we that's based upon these extraction industries. Now, I'm very pro coal miner. I would never say that I was an anti-coal person. It's part of my history. I know it's an important part still for many people's um, livelihood. But myself and I think a, this, a lot of other candidates are looking at this and saying, how can we do this in a responsible way, not only to protect our land and our water, but also to make sure that we are supporting our young people by finding meaningful work for them that's going to um, be safe and it's going to allow them to afford to raise a family. I mean, when people talk about an economic boom that we seem to be having nationally with unemployment rates being down and, and things like that, but in West Virginia, it's a different story. In the last year, we've actually increased our poverty level from 17% in the state to 19%. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty significant. And the jobs that are coming into this area are low paying, part-time, no benefits. I mean, in the 1970s, you could find a job in West Virginia that paid the equivalent of $20 an hour. Today, you, you can't really even do that if you find two part-time jobs. You know, people are struggling. They, they can't afford um, housing and they, I mean, just basic needs, housing and, and food and let alone health care. So we're struggling um, economically. And I think that is, is truly what folks are most concerned with. But what you hear about in the national media is that um, that coal industry. And I think that's just because, you know, since the Battle of Blair Mountain in 1921, that's been the thing that has been on the radar for the rest of the country and about West Virginia. What has surprised you the most about running for office? Um, what has surprised me the most, I'll say, what is actually positive. It's people who maybe I've never met um, that coming up to me and saying, thank you for doing this. Um, they may be of a different party. They may be um, against um, some of the issues that I stand for, but recognizing candidates as people who have a genuine interest in supporting the best interests of the people of the state. I think that people are, respond to that um, because they're so used to feeling like politicians don't care about me. They don't care about um, the fact that I have to choose between um, groceries and medication as a senior citizen living on a fixed income. Or they don't worry about, you know, the mom who can't afford um, childcare. Or they're not concerned with the, the rising costs um, to um, healthcare in our state. They see folks who down in Charleston that are um, 
hanging out with lobbyists and who seem to be more concerned with in industry and um, not people. What's the political climate like in West Virginia right now? Well, you know, on the surface, it can seem like it um, is contentious or negative. But day to day, face to face, door to door, and, and at candidate forums and these meet the candidate events that, that we're going all around the district and meeting people, um, it's actually very personal and very supportive. Um, but you know where it turns really negative is, is the way that you expect. I mean, right now we're starting to see um, dark money financed mailings coming into the state and attacking um, candidates on inflammatory issues, whether that be gun, gun control or Second Amendment rights, however you want to view that, and abortion. And these are the two things that really impact the average West Virginian the least. And so that's, again, the thing that gets the attention. But it's not the way that regular folks are thinking. How can people get involved with your campaign? Um, you know, the number one thing I think that I or any local or state level candidate needs are people that can um, tell their friends about you whether they do that informally or they come formally to volunteer to canvas, to go around and knock on doors and say, hey, I know this person and this is what she wants to do and she wants to be a voice for you and um, make a difference in West Virginia and make the focus of our state um, keeping our children home and, and making this a place that folks can thrive if they wanna be here. That's the best way to help, I think, any, can, any local candidate, especially across the country, is to go out and tell people about them. Because you look at all the campaign research and 200 years of campaigning, it's, it's, it's that word of mouth, it's that face-to-face, door-knocking, um, letting people know about a candidate that works. So the more doors that we can get to, the more votes that we can count on come November 6th. So we're getting toward the end of the process. You can see the finish line of your race here. What is your election day look like? Like, what are you going to be doing that day? Well, you know, I have um, met so many um, candidates around the state, and there's a, a woman who's running for state Supreme Court, and I was chatting with her a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about all that it is that we have left to do, and I think we've got 24 days left. Um, counting today and she said you know we just got to remember to run through the tape mm -hmm. and I think that's gonna be my plan I think on November 6th I will be somewhere in some way campaigning um, you know every day it's something whether it's out putting up you know yard signs or large format signs or going to community events and getting in front of people and again door knocking as much as we can. It's the way that I'm going to be spending my next 24 days. Uh, my husband travels a lot for his um, work and he got home um, a few days ago and I said, okay, um, you're not going to have much downtime and you're going to have to roll up your sleeves. We've got 27 days where we're going to be doing something every day. And, um, you know, it's, it's an all 
effort and here in our household. Do you have an, uh, like a watch party planned? You know, I don't. Um, there, there's a tradition here locally that the candidates go to the courthouse and watch the results in real time. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really cool. And um, so just down the street, we have um, a Democratic headquarters, a really small office that's literally a half a block. So I think we're probably going to get some um, pizza from the local place and have that as kind of an escape if we need to step out from the courthouse. And, and um, you know, because it can be a really tense experience. I, I went through that in the primary and um, one of the races was, you know, down to the last precinct votes being brought in. And it's and it's really interesting because you have candidates on all sides, you know, your opponents sitting there too, and you're, and you're looking at these numbers and you're looking at each other. But in the end, we're all um, West Virginians. And so there's no, you know, there's, there's not really anything negative about it. It's, a ten it's tense and anxious <laughs> just because you don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to end up. But um, it was actually a pretty cool experience. So I'm looking forward to, to just continuing that tradition, I think. All right, I got one last question for you. Yep. What is a piece of advice that you have for a woman who might be thinking about running for office? You know, I read um, this great book. A friend gave this to me when I just said that I was going to run, and it's called Dear Madam President. And there's a, a quote in there that's actually a title of one of the chapters, and it's called Move Forward, Draw Fire. And the thing is, what that means is, just keep moving forward, no matter how difficult it seems or feels, or no matter if it feels like you're being um, attacked or if there are obstacles in your way, just put your head down and move forward. And that's, that's I think, the best advice that I would give, because if you put yourself out there to run, there's something inside of you that wants to make a difference in your state, in the country, in your city, whatever office it is that you're running for. And if you just keep that goal in mind, that if you can move forward every day through election day, you're closer to your goal of making the difference that you want to make in the world. I love that book so much. Oh, it's such a great book. It's so good. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah, it's been fun. And that's it for today. I want to give a big thanks to Cindy Lavender Bow for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at Cindy4WV.com. That's C-I-N-D-Y-F-O-R-W-V.com. You can find and follow She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. It really helps us out. And that's all I've got for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.